The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Thanks for tuning in to Brothers on Law on Go Country 105. I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. And we've been trial attorneys here in Los Angeles for over 40 years. On our show, we will discuss current events, talk about legal issues, and have some very entertaining guests stop by. So stay tuned every week for Brothers on Law right here on Go Country 105. Here we are, the Brothers on Law. Welcome back to our show. We're so happy to be here. I'm Rob Mandel. And I'm Larry Mandel, and we're Brothers on Law. Hey, let's give a big shout-out to Debbie the Mortgage Mom. Love following Debbie. Love her show. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, I'm so glad we come right after her, too. So, Larry. Hey, Rob. Yeah, Remember man. when I was... I don't know if you know this, but I was working at a plant nursery. I was about 17 years old. Yeah. And one of the jobs, I was a delivery guy, and we, we had this little pickup truck, like a Datsun pickup truck. I had and one I, of those. Yeah, I know you did. I sold it to you. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That was my first car. And then car. you wrecked it. Yeah. You ruined it. But I didn't anyway. wreck it. <laughs> That's another story. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm transporting these heavy bags of fertilizer and the pickup truck, and I was on Roscoe Boulevard in the valley, and all of a sudden, one of the bags really heavy bag fell into the middle of the street. I pulled over, I ran in the middle of the street and I lifted up this bag as fast as I could and I, my back just went out. I was like 17 years wow, old. Wow, 17 with a bad back. That's a uh, bummer. That was, and so, so did I you went, make a workers comp claim, I uh, hope? No, because I had no idea. It was like a mom and pop operation. I told them what happened and they just said, all right, you're, you're off work. I didn't get any money for the time I missed from work. They didn't pay for my medical expenses. Wow. I just suffered. Yeah. I was very naive. Back in the day, people yeah. just didn't know their rights. But and now... Well, they're going to learn. I if you hope, get hurt at work today, now, especially. you know you got you got to know you have some rights, and we're so lucky to have with us in our studio today, Mr. Ernie Barnjerno, who's one of the top uh, workers' comp lawyers here in L.A. And uh, uh, why don't you welcome. introduce him? Yeah, hi, welcome, hey. Ernest Barnjerno. Hey, hey, Ernie. Hi, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Our yeah. pleasure. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Tell so us. You, tell us about yeah. yourself. I'm Italian. Okay. <laughs> Buongiorno. Where, who would have how, guessed? How, who would know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been practicing workers' compensation in the area for almost 30 years. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey, where there are many Italians. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> Jersey Shore, man. Jersey yeah. Shore. And, uh, yeah, and I've been uh, exclusively doing workers' comp for 30 years. So uh, You poor guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's so, a challenge. It's a challenging area of law. It really is. And, and tell us a little bit why it, it is so challenging. Well, the yeah. big the big thing is that the legislature keeps changing the laws every seven to ten years. Yeah. So it's almost having to learn a different area of law every seven to ten years. It's not the same now as it was 20 years ago. Right. All the rules are different. And, and they keep making it harder and harder for legitimately hurt people to get any kind of benefits, right? That's correct. Everything is pretty much now in the hands of the uh, uh, the insurance carriers. Gee, right where you want them. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So let's say somebody's injured 
and they don't know what to do. What's the first thing they do? They're at work and they're injured. And it's not just like a, a fingernail or something. It's more serious. You know, it could be a broken arm, could be a back injury like what happened to me. What do they do? Well, regardless, Larry, of whether it's serious or not, a lot of these injuries occur to be not serious when they first occur. Uh, but then over time, um, applicants start, uh, you know, experiencing these symptoms. Yeah. So the very first thing you do, you have to report every injury to the employer and ask them for a workers' compensation claim form. That's the very first thing you have to do. Now, whether they follow up with it or not isn't that important. What's important is that they notify the employer right away, within at least 24 hours. See, I think a lot of people don't realize that. They just say, well, I hurt myself. They go home. They take some aspirin, whatever. They don't want to make a big deal. Right. They, they don't, don't want to they don't want jeopardize the employer. their job. Right. They're, well, they're you know. thinking, oh, I'll get fired or they'll, I'll have a bad you know, relationship with the boss now if I complain. Right. But and there is a rule about that. Well, they, yeah. And that's, that's a legitimate concern for people who are injured because they don't want to lose their job. And in California, as we know, that you can't discriminate against somebody who was injured. Um, and you can't fire them because they were injured. You can't fire them because they report an injury. It's retaliatory. But, yeah, but do they do it. They do it. They do it anyway. The employer figures out a way to do it, right? Uh, well, it, they do it. There's, you know, um, a lot of these employers would rather have uh, the litigation expense uh, if the person fi files a wrongful termination case against them rather than to have this person on their payroll uh, as an injured employee. Um, so, yeah. It's a, it's a concern. But what does the crazy? injured employee do to protect himself or herself? Well, once again, you have to you have to um, report the injury so that at least it's on record. And um, if uh, the employer does terminate them or discriminates in, against them in any way, uh, there's a labor code section that we file along with a workers' compensation claim called 132A, which pro protects their rights as an employee for being injured on the job. And in addition to that, they may have civil remedies, as you well know, um, that uh, they can pursue for being wrongfully terminated. Okay. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that always impressed me, you know, when I first started off as a lawyer, I did a few other areas of law besides tort litigation and personal injury, which is what we do 100% of right now. And I did, I, I want to say maybe four or five workers' comp cases. And I think a lot of people don't understand that workers' comp is its own complete separate area with its own complete separate courts, and separate judges. judges. Yeah. Everything is completely different. And you got all these rules and regulations that you were talking about. And this idea that you can just, oh, fake an injury or or exaggerate something and, and say you're injured at work and make a bunch of money, that, that can be more false and uh, wrong. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just not the reality. But you it? hear on the news, you hear a lot about, you know, when they are these scams. So how do... How does one detect that, you know, in your business? Well, it does take experience to weed people out. Um, and like Rob, like you said, it's a different uh, animal than personal injury. Uh, it's an administrative court. There are no juries. There's only judges. And it's regulated by the state. 
So if somebody walks into my office, say, oh, I got hurt on work, hurt at work, I have to talk to them and ask them details. Okay, well, where, did you report it? Did you go to the doctors? Um, some people says, say, um, well, I didn't go to the doctor because um, I thought it would be fine. You know, And then six months later, they don't go to the doctor for six months. They went once um, and six months later, and they say, well, I injured myself six months ago. Well, did you report it? No, I didn't. Well, why didn't you report it then? Well, I thought it would get better. And this is after they terminate the person. That happens a lot. People oh, get terminated, sad. right? People get terminated after working working there for years. Um, and then they Just because they said, I got hurt. Well, they get terminated, and then they say they got hurt. Oh, so it happens both ways. It happens saying. both ways. Yeah. And, and if you don't have the evidence to back it up in the, in the beginning, it's a tough hill to climb. So the lesson to be learned is what you've already told us part of it is to report it. What else, though? Um, report it, ask to go to the doctor. Even if you don't think it's a big deal, ask to go to the doctor to be checked out. Now, is there something you rule? never know? It may be, you know, something that's like a sleeper injury, right? You yeah. know, it's, oh, I just tweaked my back. It's going to be fine in a couple of days. And then, you know, three months later, they're in, they're miserable. Yeah. Um, there's, there's an interesting story, if you don't mind. No, go um, ahead. I represented a bus driver and she was driving a bus and as one of her stops, it's a school bus. And one, at one of her stops as the kid, kids were getting off, um, one of the students, um, you know, those prank uh, shock pins. Do you ever see those things? Yeah. Okay. So one of the kids goes to the bus driver and shocks her in the neck oh, with this shock pin. That's crazy. Right? I mean, it's not a lot of voltage. <laughs> but still. But it's, it's like still, one of those handshake It's shocking. Things. It's one of those handshake things. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, you know, she feels it and gets a little, you know, oh, I'm a little shocked for a couple of minutes. Um, and then that's it. Right? But then about three or four months later, oh, and she reported it, which was a good idea. So she reported it. She said, no, I don't need to go to the doctors. But about three or four months later, she started feeling these uh, uh, like neuropathy symptoms in her like Nerve arms. tingling and tingling things like that. Tingling and stuff. Running down into her hands into and Into her arms. hands. And, um, you know, so we sent her to a neurologist. And uh, the neurologist said, there's definitely a problem here. I don't really can't put my finger on it. But all the tests are positive. We don't know really what it is, but it's really serious. And this woman had a legitimate uh, a problem with her uh, a neurological system. And they Jeez. traced it back to the little joke? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the kid oh, just happened to hit that one nerve that was going to be sensitive to this uh, device, this little toy. Yeah. And uh, mess her up. Oh, oh my weird. gosh. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers in law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. Hey, if you missed any part of this show or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. So, Ernie, what I wanted to talk about is kind of the protocol. So, let's say somebody's injured and they they go, you know, you they report it and they're sent to a doctor. Are they required to go to a certain doctor? With yes, within the first thirty days of the injury, they're required to go to the employer's designated doctor. So, the employer has to designate this particular facility or doctor to go to. And this is the doctor that's in the pocket of the insurance company, right? 
<laughs> yes. Pretty well, much. Well, they all are now. But, yeah. But for the first 30 days, they must go where the, where the employer sends them. And do you see a lot of washouts by those doctors? <laughs> well, mostly they're just like uh, industrial clinic doctors. They're not specialists. They're just GPs. Sometimes they'll just see a physician's assistant. So they really won't see anything. They won't even maybe get any treatment aside from some medication. But then after the 30 days, they can change their doctor and go to another doctor. But, and it's of their choosing, but it still has to be within the employer's network of doctors. But what if, Wow. I mean, it just sounds crazy to me in, in the sense that what if this person really is badly injured? I mean, really like broken leg, you know. Well, they can or, go to the hospital. They don't have to go to their doctor. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, if it's a catastrophic injury, that's the first thing you should do is go yeah. to the emergency room. Yeah. Right. But then they're still stuck for the next 30 days with this, you know, uh, hip pocket doctor. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Well, let me ask. I'm asking. I'm asking. I'm asking the expert here. Yeah, but I'm challenging what you're saying. Well, I'm just posing the question. All right. Go ahead. All right. Calm down, everybody. Yes. (laughs) My brother likes to interrupt me. Brother, like this is brotherly love at its best. Um, Do you have a brother? No, I don't. Okay, so you don't. You don't. Lucky you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the king. Yeah. Uh, And anyway, uh, no. In a catastrophic situation, um, you'd go to the hospital, and if however long you stay in the hospital, you're in the hospital, right? Um, after the 30 days is up, or if you're even within the 30 days, um, if they retain an attorney, what we do is we contact the company insurance carrier. We say, send us a list of your medical provider networks, a list of the specialists in the area that we need. So if it's a neurologist or an orthopedic surgeon, and they'll send us their MPN list, and then we'll find a doctor that we're familiar with, uh, that we've been working with for a number of years, uh, pretty much know who they are, and then we'll make that referral to that doctor within their network. And then we're off to the races. So there's two, two questions that I think most people have in their minds when they talk about work injuries. And uh, the first one is, and I'm going to have, these are backwards in chronology, but I think it's more important to understand what are the benefits? What do you get out of the system if you have a good attorney like yourself on board Mm -hmm. and they're able to navigate through all the little hurdles and gates that they they put up? So what, what, what can one expect to how, how would they benefit by going ahead and pursuing the workers' comp claim? Boy, that was a long question. Why don't you just say, what are the benefits that somebody can receive? I don't know if I can answer that in less than a minute. Oh, um, let's but, try. I'll, but I'll try. Yeah. Um, the first thing people have to know is that you can't be compensated for pain and suffering right. um, in workers' compensation, and you cannot be compensated for lost wages. There's a schedule of benefits that the uh, state of California has uh, codified that they're entitled to. So number one, they're entitled to medical treatment paid for 100% by the insurance carrier, the workers' compensation insurance carrier. Okay. Number two, they're entitled to what we call temporary total disability payments. If they're off work, designated by a doctor, they cannot work at their job. They're entitled to two-thirds of their average weekly earnings every week while the doctor has them off work. Okay. If they do not fully recover from their injury, they're entitled to permanent disability compensation. Now, that doesn't mean 
that they get compensated for the rest of their life. It means that they have a partial permanent disability condition, which would entitle them to a scheduled amount of money. It's already predetermined by the legislature. It's like a rating schedule? I'm sorry? It's a rating schedule for the permanent disability? Like it depends on the type of injury? Correct. And how the severity, like where, where they are as far as permanent and stationary? Well, permanent and stationary means... The doctor said, okay, well, we've given you six months of medical treatment, whatever it is, and you're really not going to get any better than this. You're not going to get any worse for all intents and purposes. Uh, your condition's like this. And then they give them a rating accord to the, according to the state guidelines. But is this the workers' comp, the employer's doctor that's doing this, or has it shifted at this point? Well, that's the other part of the equation. Um, after the doctor that's treating them releases them from care, Depending upon what that doctor says, either the insurance carrier or the um, the applicant's attorney can uh, contest what that doctor says. And then you go to a what's called a panel-qualified medical examiner. And that's a doctor that there's a list of three doctors that's sent to the parties. And one of those doctors is um, the doctor that makes the decision about the permanent disability in the case. It's a very intricate process, um, and it takes a long time. It's especially now, uh, because it takes so long to get into the doctors. It takes so long for the doctors to issue reports. It takes three months to get a court date from when you first file. It takes another three months to to, to get a trial date. So all the procedural stuff takes a lot longer than it used to. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, brothersonlaw.com. Hey, if you missed any part of this show or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. I keep hearing these horror stories about people who need treatment and they're being denied because the insurance company really holds the keys uh, and and they're hip pocket doctors, and so guys like you have to go running into court and talk to these judges and beg basically for every little thing that this person needs. Now, is that true, or am I is that exaggerated? Well, it's, you're not exaggerating at all, but it's but you're partially true. Okay. What happens is a doctor will request an injection or some kind of treatment, um, and the insurance company has five days to approve it or not approve it. It's called utilization review. Oh boy, what a weird word for that. So let's say they deny it within the five days. Then within 30 days, you have to appeal that to something called independent medical review. Independent independent medical review are a group of unknown doctors somewhere in the country that review this request for medical treatment. And IMR sends back their... Uh, decision as to whether or not this person should get the medical. And these treatment. guys are paid by whom? They are paid by the by the insurance carriers. Of course, okay? and they know where they're being their their bread is being buttered. Correct, and we n- neither party can know the identities of these doctors, and we're not allowed to cross examine them. We're not allowed to know who they are, and we're not no, we're not not allowed to know why they denied this medical. And this treatment. is in this is in liberal. Hippy-dippy California. Yes, sir. And wow. uh, people uh, come to me and say, why, you know, I, I can't get my medical treatment approved. And and guess what? And here, this is the capper. Uh, after all this, after IMR makes their decision, the judges have no power to enforce any medical treatment. 
nothing. The only How way is they that have final legal, say. The on, yeah, oh. the only way they judge can uh, um, um, approve medical treatment is if the insurance carrier misses that five day window. If they, if oh, they, that's crazy. It's form over substance, basically. That really is. I mean, that almost sounds unconstitutional. Well, like you're being denied your, uh, your right. right to cross-examine. Well, uh, all, yeah. all kinds of yeah. uh, uh, normal rights. Yeah, right? the due process Due rights. process. Yeah, right. and, we, and there's been case, cases that went up um, on Appeal. this issue with regards to the constitutionality of in, uh, independent medical review, and they were all struck down because it's a legislative... Uh, doctrine so wow yeah. it's terrible but that means the courts really aren't doing their function because it, when there's a bad law the courts are supposed to step in and say that's that doesn't jibe with our constitution right and and make it right, right. what's the basis of this it's just why we're streamlining the system well and this is why we're doing it a big reason why this happened um, was because there were a lot of unscrupulous doctors and surgery centers that were making tons and tons of money by providing unnecessary medical treatment. And uh, as you, if you probably followed the so news, so the bad apples. Oh yeah, ruined yeah. the that well, and there are barrel. Little, just, <laughs> yeah. the barrel, Larry. Thank you. Make your metaphor match. <laughs> <laughs> but but, okay. but yeah, um, that that's what happened. It, uh, doctors made a lot of money. Uh, Surgers made a lot of money, and uh, as you probably read in the news, there have been a lot of federal indictments of doctors and lawyers who have been getting kickbacks from these surgery centers providing all this treatment that wasn't necessary. What is the uh, solution? Well, the solution I tell my clients now is you can settle it and let the insurance company continue paying for your medical treatment in the future, and you'll get a small stipend of money. The other way to settle it is, um, and you get that stipend paid in every two weeks for a certain period of time. The other way to do it is to settle the case by a lump sum of money where you buy out, you know, the insurance company's uh, right to give you the medical treatment in the future. And I usually tell people, look, if you have medical insurance, even if it's Medi-Cal, if you have medical insurance or your husband has medical insurance, your spouse or your covenant to some kind of plan, Settle out your workers' compensation uh, case. Lump sum. Get it, get out of the system, and go get your medical treatment through your own health insurance. Right. Because under the Ameri- um, Affordable Care Act, they cannot discriminate against you for having a pre-existing right. condition that or a part work, is or a work-related condition. Well, that's good yeah. advice. Yeah, no, and, uh, very good advice. At least for now. Yeah, we hope that doesn't change because that will really affect us if they do. Um, uh, withdraw that pre-existing condition under ACA. Have you suffered or been injured by someone else's negligence? When you need a legal team that will stand up for what is right, won't give up the fight and obtain justice, call 818-886-6600. Mandel Trial Lawyers specializes in personal injury cases of all types. Whether it's a car accident, product or premises liability, dog bite, or a catastrophic injury, Mandel Trial Lawyers are there for you when the fight is worth it. Call now for your free consultation, 818-886-6600. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. Ernie, you mentioned something about in the workers' comp system, the injured party, the applicant, is not entitled to pain and suffering, non-economic losses. That's different in our world. Right, Rob? Because that's what we seek for our clients. And, And there are situations, and as you well know, where someone is injured on the job, but they also have that 
personal injury claim. Like for, the pizza delivery the guy who gets that's, rear-ended. That's a classic example would be the, the, the guy who's delivering pizza and his car gets rear-ended. So he has his workers' comp claim because he's on the job delivering the pizza. But he also has that claim against the uh, driver of the other car for rear-ending him. And they'll, they'll explain how those two uh, match up and mix. Well, it's a double-edged sword. Um, it's kind of good to have both cases. Um, because what happens is um, you get the medical treatment through the workers' compensation carrier. Um, you still get your benefits every two weeks if you're temporarily totally disabled. Um, and then your personal injury case is riding along along with that. So you, you guys don't have to do really too much until it comes time to settle. And Or go to trial. Or go to trial. Right. But let's talk about settlement for a moment. You guys have a different way of formulating the value of your PI case and we have a different way of formulating the value of our workers' comp case. So at the end of the day, uh, what, what, what happens is um, you can't double dip. Right. You can't get money from both the PI case and the comp case. Right. So that all the money that the comp carrier paid in medical treatment, they have a, a lien against your case, your personal injury case. Right. And the applicant uh, can't receive money from both settlements. So the... The workers' comp carrier gets a dollar-for-dollar credit against any money in the personal injury case. Right. And then if, but, there, but, there's, if there's a difference, then the, uh, right. obviously the applicant will get the difference. Right. But where it that, still works out for the It still applicant. works out it for still works them out. because the, um, the pain and suffering element of the personal injury case may be worth so much money that they don't really care about this, whatever the dollar-for-dollar credit might be correct and because as you were saying the affordable care act if they have valid insurance if they still need future medical care that should be able to be shifted over to that to that uh insurer that's correct and that dollar to dollar sometimes is adjusted because of certain things such as if the employer was was negligent to some extent that's a different story yeah if there's an employer negligence then our credit issue is a whole different yeah We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. Hey, if you missed any part of this show or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. You know what? We could keep talking to... Ernie Bongiorno here forever and ever on this topic, and it is such a viable and important topic. But I wanted to uh, uh, check in. Uh, you want to give a our, tip of the day, Rob, or maybe? All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'll do a tip of the day. Uh, do you sit all day at work? There you go. <laughs> Try okay. to replace your desk with a standing desk, or you know they make chairs with peddlers like a bicycle, and you can burn some calories while you're at work. Also, you could try a balance ball chair, which engages your core. So as you sit at your desk, and you can purchase this for like $50 or something on Amazon. So Really? I'm not sure about ways. a desk chair with peddlers for 50 bucks. I, I, I know. think you got No, they're talking about the ball chair. Oh, they're a ball about the chair. balance chair. But, oh, yeah. But that know. is a way of avoiding like a, a, a work injury, yeah, I guess. You know, ergodynamically. Yeah. A, a what do you think about good. that? Well, you brought, you brought up something interesting. Um, it, I know we have not too much time left, but if I may, there are two types of injuries that 
workers need to know about. The specific injury when you fall down the stairs or you lift something and it happens at a specific date or a specific time. The other one's called a cumulative trauma injury That's where right. the symptoms develop over a period of time. And some people don't quite understand that, uh, workers. You know, right. and they'll say, oh, I, I injured myself. And we say, well, how did you do that? I lifted something. And then you go back and get the medical records and you see this person's been treating for months and months and months. And we say, well, when did this start? Oh, it happened months ago. And then it got worse. That's a cumulative trauma injury right. takes place over a long period of time due to the exposure. That's a good point. Yeah, hey, continuous trauma. Hey, uh, Ernie. If someone wants to find out more about that or to understand if they do have a work injury, how can they get a hold of you? Um, you can go to my website. It's uh, ebcomplaw.com. That's E-B-C-O-M-P-L-A-W.com. And you go to our website. You can find out more information about that. Or you can contact my office directly. Um, you can look it up. We're on Burbank Boulevard in Tarzana. Not What's the phone number? Guys. The phone number, Ernie. 818 that's an easy, easy. one. Yeah. One more time, though. 818-996-9800. Uh, hey, cool. We, we have cool. time for a true and false? No, we don't have time for that. Sorry, we want to thank Mr. Ernie Bongiorno for spending a Saturday morning with us, and we want to thank all of you who tuned in today to catch us uh, so early in the morning. And please catch us again next week at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. And remember, let the scales of justice tip in your favor. The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.